Welcome everybody to Understanding Climate Finance. My name is Fahim Narali and I'm the Trade Commissioner for Climate Finance based out of the Embassy of Canada in Washington, D.C. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Criscaya Sierra Escalante, who is the Acting Director and Senior Manager in IFC's Blended Finance Department. She's in charge of managing a pool of contributor funds of over $5 billion, focused on accelerating IFC's engagement in climate, infrastructure, gender, SME, and agriculture, as well as focusing on the World Bank Group's most vulnerable country members. Kriskaya has managed IFC's blended finance facilities for the past eight years, and under her leadership, IFC's blended climate portfolio doubled in volume and helped IFC enter riskier markets. She also manages the IDA private sector window, created in 2017, to support private sector development, growth, and job creation in some of the world's least developed countries. Welcome, Kriskaya, and thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you, Fahin. And let me just start by thanking you very much for the invitation and to tell you that it is a real great pleasure for me to be part of these conversations. As you know, our partnership with Canada goes back a long time and our partnership with you in particular also has been strong and goes back a long time. So thank you very much for the opportunity and looking forward to our conversation. Yes, yes, me too. And thank you so much. So I thought maybe we could just kick it off by if you could briefly describe how blended finance is used to fulfill its climate commitments. Thank you very much, Fahin. And perhaps for those, uh, you know, listening that may not be as familiar with blended finance, I'll just start very briefly by defining what blended concessional finance is. And for IFC and a group of more than 20 DFIs that use the same definition, is this blending of our commercial on-account resources together with concessional resources that are provided by a number of developed partners or could also be foundations. And why do we use this blending you know, tool? Is because we would like to make sure that we are achieving more impact. Um, recently, uh, Gillian Ted in the Financial Times uh, described blended finance as the dollop of public money to provide a safety net for the private sector to credit risky projects with social value. And I think this summarizes well. We want more impact. And that's why, you know, our development partners provide us with these resources, precious public funds to be able to support private sector investments. In the climate space, what we do is utilize these concessional funds to try to move the needle in new technology, new business models. In the early days of climate where renewable energy in particular with PV solar was only, you know, a pilot, um, we use blended finance very successfully. You fast forward to now and you see that in most cases, you know, it's no longer needed that the commercial markets have really take over. So that's the I will say the interesting aspects that blended finance can bring to new developments. Oh, great, that's that's really helpful. And, and on that on that note, so you mentioned solar a few years ago. What are where are some trends you're finding, or what are the areas or geographies where you're finding that blended finance can be really leveraged and used? And, and wonder what circumstances 
would you consider using blended finance in an investment? Thank you. So some recent examples, for example, that we have seen is waste to energy. We closed a transaction not too long ago in Serbia on waste to energy, trying to see new areas where we can use blended finance. You also see a little bit, I will say, more newer. We are looking at, you know, offshore wind and we are looking at, uh, you know, many models on distributed generation that would still benefit with uh, of blended finance and in some cases even you know PV solar could need support if it is in the most vulnerable and difficult places to be so it really depends and that's why for us it's very important that we look at the blended finance principles and I will be happy to talk to you a little bit more about this when we think about projects to make sure that we are creating value instead of distorting markets. Yeah, in fact, that's a good segue because that was going to be one of my questions a little later on. But since you brought it up, I know you were instrumental in developing those blended finance principles. So can you share some more information about those principles and how they're applied? Thank you, Fahin. So we call them the blended concessional finance enhanced principles for private sector operations. So you see the long name of these principles, but what it really means is that as DFIs, and this is a group of, you know, 21 DFIs that have, that got together in 2017 and really said, we are seeing more and more resources coming into blended finance, but we want to make sure that these resources are creating markets and not distorting them. So when we think about any transaction that uses blended finance, we, you know, apply five principles. Mm -hmm. And I'll summarize them briefly. The first thing is, what's the economic rationale? Why do we put blended finance? What is the additionality of this blended finance? So this is the first thing. If we see that there are market failures that really take us to use blended finance, then we go to the second principle, which is then what's the level? What's the minimum concessionality that we could use to still make the project happen? but it's not going to create create over-reliance on subsidies. The third principle then links more into the medium to longer term. What happens to the project? Is this going to be a project that is commercially sustainable? And then what happens to the market? Is the second, third, fourth project going to be less and less reliant in public funds and more and more, you know, commercially sustainable that is bringing more, you know, commercial money into this, this area. The fourth principle we call reinforcing markets. And I think this is a principle that gives us the idea that blended finance is part of the solution, but it's not the solution for everything. So in some cases, if there is a capacity issue of the sponsor of a project, then we need advisory services, technical assistance to support a project. If the issue is the regulatory environment, we need to have, you know, a program, perhaps with the public sector banks like the World Bank, that, you know, to work with the countries to enhance that regulatory and enabling environment. So this principle ensures that blended finance, you know, is seen in the bigger context to make sure that we are making a difference. The fifth principle is very dear, I would say, to IFCs and Canada's, you know, a perspective on blended finance, which is, you know, higher standards. How do we make sure that if we are going to be using these resources, we do it in a way where good policies and procedures on environment integrity um, are being observed and also transparency. 
And, you know, not too long ago, together with uh, the OECD and Canada, which co-chair um, a working group that had blended finance and transparency as it is, it is mandate. And you may recall, Fahim, because we have discussed this, that IFC is still the only DFI that is put, putting publicly the level of subsidy that we use or when we use blended finance. And I think, you know, it's an important benchmark that we are using to understand how we are supporting projects with blended finance and how, you know, we are graduating, you know, from some of these areas that, you know, no longer need blended finance mm. to move towards commercial sustainability. So that's a really good point. I often face questions on blended finance and how much it can be conceived or has been conceived as sort of concessional finance, which, as you described, isn't necessarily the case. There are principles behind it. So what would be your wish list for companies that are looking for blended finance or working with IFC for them to know about blended finance before they look into that conversation? Thank you, Vahin. And as I think, you know, for companies that are interested in this area, I think the main thing that they should be thinking is, you know, what is the impact that we want to achieve? What is the project? And we understand projects, that, you know, companies are looking for profits. But mm -hmm. what we want to be sure is that blended finance is not creating a, a windfall that is providing, you know, an, a, a reasonable return for the risk that these companies are taking, but it's not giving them, you know, more uh, profits that they should be getting for the risk. So this, uh, you know, blended finance is used, I will say, for two main purposes, either de-risking a project because there is just too much risk. And sometimes even if you have all the willingness to go, lenders and companies may not be comfortable doing that or rebalancing risk reward, which are the cases in which, you know, you have a project, but it's so marginal the potential returns that you really need a little bit of a boost to try to support that. And I think if companies understand that, you know, this is a tool, but that the main thing for them is to ensure that there is a good project with fundamentals that are strong. Because as much blended finance as you can put, if the project is not good, you are not going to be able to salvage a project that is just has poor fundamentals. Right. I think you put it really well there. And so it, it's worth emphasizing, too, that blended finance is only one small part of the larger capital structure of a project and that the uh, rest of the funding will come from, you know, IFC investments in the in traditional sense. Is that is that right? And Fakim, that's really, really a great, uh, you know, point that you are making and something that we love to highlight when we are thinking about blended finance and the benefit for the development partners that give us this. Basically, there are two main benefits. One of them is the additional impact that we can achieve. Mm -hmm. Projects that were not going to happen that now with blended finance are happening. Impact that was going to be more moderate, but we are able to enhance it with blended finance. But, you know, the other aspect of it, as you say, is the leverage. So, you know, with every dollar of blended concessional finance that we use, we bring about three to three and a half dollars mm -hmm. of IFCs on account financing. And then another five that comes either from project companies that are, you know, commercial entities or from other DFIs or from other commercial banks that are coming into the structure. So the one to, you know, to eight, the one to 10 is something that we are seeing in the climate space is more like one to 10 or 11, which is really, really a nice leverage when you are thinking that, you know, public funds tend to be so precious and small, 
and mm -hmm. you really want to bring the private sector in that has you know more capacity but sometimes might feel a little bit constrained because of the level of risk or the level of return as i was saying that you know it's the two main elements that we look when we are blending no, that's that, that's a really good point. So on that note, can you tell us a little bit more about how Canada is working with you on, on blended finance? Thank you very much, uh, Fajinas. I, I, I kind of started a little bit when, you know, when I was giving my introduction to talk about the partnership that we have had with, with Canada. And I just wanted to, you know, highlight again how important it has been. So it's th we established the first transaction in 2011, uh, or the first facility in 2011 with Canada, and we went through that facility until 2018. Um, it, it, it was one of the facilities that allowed us to really think about an, a, a number of new things in blended finance for IFC. First of all, it was a facility that was, as we call it today, returnable capital. So it was a facility that allows us to take additional risk and it's concessional in nature because we are not pricing for that risk, but it's not a grant. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's a facility that is expecting that returns will happen. It's more patient. It allows us to, you know, to provide pricing that it's not commercial pricing, but it's expecting, you know, to do that. And that has been something that, you know, other partners over time has seen as a very important model that allowed them to give more resources to blended finance because it's not a pure grant. And then some of those pure grants can be reserved for, you know, areas and technical assistance that, you know, will not be able to have, you know, this type of financial instrument around it. Then the other thing that we were able to do with Canada is to, you know, once the success, I would say, of that facility was demonstrated, we were able to bring two additional facilities. Um, one that is also global, focusing on climate, and another one that is more regional, but that is for Africa and is focusing on renewable energy. And, you know, this has been basically a partnership that is allowing us to continue to support, you know, technologies that are evolving. So as I mentioned, you know, initially was, you know, mostly on the solar. We did a number of things also with our partner banks. We have moved forward to now looking something that, you know, it's um, either in more risky places or that it's looking at different technologies like the waste to energy in Serbia that I mentioned. Great. This is really helpful and I appreciate the context. So that is actually our time for today. So I appreciate the time that you've given us and you've always been very forthcoming on talking with Canadian companies that I've introduced you to. But I think this is really a good background for them and for some other people that are just interested in climate finance to understand how climate finance at IFC works. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. And again, you know, we hope that, you know, there will be more interest from Canadian companies that would like to talk to us and then we can put them in touch also with our operational teams to see whether there is a project or a structure in which we can work together. And again, you know, just to reiterate my thanks to you and to Canada for the partnership that we have had using blended finance for achieving more climate impact. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you.